I'm Evelyn and I'm a geoholic. Reach out, touch space. Gotta get to the open line here at least. Bring back memory, Sean? Probably not. Probably not. I'm uh, too young. Yeah, it was a little. Just right before my, my remembering time. Oh, God, I don't even want to go there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, again, I was so happy when our guest this evening yeah? selected Depeche Mode as the favorite band. I figured you would be. I was very excited. I'm like, well, I haven't met Ryan before, but I'm assuming he's right around my age, and he obviously has a great taste of music. Obviously. So welcome to the show, Ryan Nickel. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks. And Ryan is, of course, a, a good friend of our good friend, uh, Tim Evans. Yes, yes. yes. And a friend Tim. of Tim is a friend of us. <laughs> be scary, though. <laughs> you know, you, we don't know what's going to happen here. Well, we absolutely don't because we are doing something completely different this evening. Usually, as most people know by now, after yeah. listening to me for four years, That's I right. have notes in front of me. I've got an agenda. I've got potential guest questions. Mm -hmm. Tonight, we have none of that. None whatsoever. But that's on purpose. It's not because we weren't prepared. It's because we are choosing to do a, what's the best word? Uh, oh, uh, spontaneous. Yeah, spontaneous. Yes. Yeah, a little, little spontaneous conversation. Yes. However, we still need to introduce everybody. Yep. Welcome, Geoholics. This is episode uh, 183. 183. It seems like we just recorded 182 yesterday. No, it seems like yesterday. When in fact, we did spend all day yesterday together. Oh, we're seeing way too much of each other. I know. I know. It's getting out of hand. You're one of my, what did I say? Four wives? Yes. Something like that. Something like that. All these people I have to keep happy. I know. I like to think that I'm the easiest to get along with. Much but I probably offended the other three with that statement. Probably. Probably. So anyways, Ryan, Nickel, welcome to the show. In studio. In studio. We love when we have guests in studio. Absolutely. Always a fun time. The, the Diamondback Land Surveying Studio. <laughs> Indeed it is. I can't forget that. I can't forget that. So on that note, you're probably going to want to give me some um, Airworks trivia. Uh, well, the, before I do that, yep. I would like you, since this is a spontaneous show, sure. and who was that that uh, was the opening number? Depeche what do you Mode? know about them? Yeah. yeah. A little, little, little bit of nuggets. I know they're, they're one of the best 80 bands ever. Okay. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and I will say this, there is, and maybe our guest is aware of this as well, there is a uh, tribute band called Strange Love that yes. is supposed to be, I haven't seen them yet, but they come around like I twice. Have. Are they amazing? Oh, yeah. They I heard they're pretty very, incredible. Very, very so good. I think they're coming in November, actually. I think it's right, October, November, something like that. And I am 100% going to go see them because I heard they're incredible. All right. So I'm a little naive here or, or miss, or maybe I just don't know. Uh, who is in Depeche Mode? I don't know. Do you know any the of the band. names? Is it the guys? Not? Okay. All right. I didn't no. I didn't know if it was anybody like there was one guy that everybody knew. The main guy. Guys. He's the guy. Okay. <laughs> so he's the guy. So you could have rattled off like, you know, Bob Slaker is uh, on base and just rattled I, off I five names. Make it up. <laughs> no, I can't even make it up. They are uh, number 15 on Billboard's top 180s bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to ask Ryan, have you seen Depeche Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, can we ask you what year that was? It's I've seen them probably about 15 times. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, my first time I saw them was at Compton Terrace. So no idea. Uh, okay. yep. so Don't know what that is. Us natives in Arizona, if you drive out to 
you're going to Tucson on I-10. Okay. There's still remnants of it there. Really? Um, you go, you're driving out, you go on your, so it's the, 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 the Gila river, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you pass it and, and it looks like a, like a grassy knoll or dirt knoll. It used to be an, it's an outdoor amphitheater. No oh, kidding. really? It was an outdoor. Yeah. And so they had, con, it was a big concert venue place and we'd go there all the time. And, uh, the first time I went, I was in, uh, summer. I can't remember if it's summer or fall of my eighth grade or freshman year in high school. Yeah. And we saw them and OMD opened up for them. OMD. Yep. So okay. seen them. So, yeah. And then, you know, in that place, you, you know, over time you see three eleven funk junkies, you know, really? okay. No, now you're starting to, now you're starting to work with me here. My new best friend. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, that's, you know, and then it closed a long time ago, but it was part of that genre where you had awesome. Compton Terrace, you had legend city. You guys probably ever heard no. You never heard of Legend City? No. Oh my gosh. North Carolina. I'm from Chicago. Yeah, I know. We've Arizona's, been here 20 years, but still, you know, we don't we don't know anything. Arizona's, uh, I would say, one and was the first amusement park. It was an amusement park, so right by the zoo, the Papago okay. Park, the Papago area. Yep. So, so where uh, Phoenix Municipal Stadium is, where, yep. where the ASU played okay. baseball now, where yeah, well, oh, the Phoenix the, Giants before the, the you know, yeah. Oakland A's played there. So that whole parking lot, and the whole area right there hmm. was Legend City. And really? uh, it was amusement park. Yeah. Mm, really? So that was, so that's, was kind of, it's one of those things that just one of those places, you know, and Big Surf was kind of the last one to go. Right. Cause they just, yeah, I've, been, I've been to, I've been to Big, Big okay. Surf. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was around the same time. It's, they opened up in the sixties or whatever yeah. it was. And so us natives knew it, you know, we knew that was kind of like part of the group of things that were, was, you know, nostalgic for us. Yeah. Right. I thought you were going to say you saw them at the fairgrounds. I didn't know. I've seen some good shows at the fair. Oh, yeah. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Really good shows. Um, I will give you, Sean, $20. Okay. Probably via Venmo because I don't have any cash. Okay. If you can tell me what OMD stands for. Oh, there's no way I can. Oh, yeah. You no, missed no, your chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. Oh, wow. Uh, go ahead and tell me. Orchestral maneuvers in the dark. dark. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I could have. I, I had your chance, that's, buddy. That's one of those, like, I would have an infinite amount of guesses and still would not yeah. have gotten there. Never would have put those three words together. That's so good. Um, so what did you want to say? You had some uh, trivia. I, I do have uh, the, the Airworks uh, somewhat random trivia. Um, and because our guest is uh, as a general contractor, mm. I pulled some uh, construction industry uh, uh, nuggets. Oh, cool. Uh, so the construction industry is estimated to reach $14.4 trillion by 2030. Wow. One in 14 people globally work in the construction or building segment. We need 13,000 buildings each day to accommodate the expected increase in population by 2050. 10% of the world's GDP is generated by the construction sector. Construction and mining are responsible for 62% of inflation since 2000. Wow. Uh, according to KPMG, 69% of homeowners say poor contractor performance is the single biggest reason for underperforming projects. Hmm. 35% of construction professionals' time is spent on non-productive activities, such as dealing with mistakes, rework, and project coordination. I talked about that later. And uh, 60% of general contractors see problems with contract management, coordination, and communication between project teams as the key to reduced productivity. Wow. Ryan, what do you have to say about all that? I don't disagree. No? No. I mean, it, but I I think a lot of it, today's world, is really comes from the lack of people. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, something it, that it, we, it, we talk about oh, on the yeah. show I mean, it's, it's all the time. 
it's a pop, yeah. you know, it's a decline in the population of our industry that mm-hmm. I think can, can contribute to a lot of those. Sure. So, so we talk about, and, and we can go ahead and kick it off. I, I was curious about, we talk about the lack of surveyors and lack of engineers and lack of technical people and how everyone says they need people, but as far as skilled trades go, how is that? Can you give us the summary from the contractor side of the world of how hard is it to find, uh, everyone can't find good people, but I want to drill down to, you know, is it experienced masons or is it equipment operators or what, uh, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, from our stand, I mean, we're a small company, you know, so we, we have, there's approximately 54 employees. Okay. There's 40, approximately 40 guys in the field. Um, and, you know, growing up, you know, our generation was told, you know, you have to go to college, you know, this is, you can't go through blue collar, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the kids, my buddies and me and who our parents were involved in the trade, we all just kind of get thrown in the trade. You know, I mean, I went to college, I graduated and all this stuff, but I, am I using my degree for, no, absolutely what kind of not. Degree right? I have a history degree. From, so, oh, that makes from perfect ASU. sense. ASU. Okay. So, um, and so it's like, I think we lost, you know, and I'm sure, you know, other guys like was a micro, whatever these guys, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they, 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 you know, they talk about this, right. Yep. We lost a whole generation of people. Yep. And, you know, it's just, it, I, I look at it today and I talked to my, my guy, we were, before you came in, we were talking, we were talking on the side and I have three sons that are mm-hmm. involved in our company, completely different. Um, all three of them are totally different in personality, but that's like, I, I told him, you know, Hey, if you guys want to go to college, no problem. I'll help you support you, whatever I go. But if you want to make money in life, don't do that. <laughs> I go, not dad, not, not bashing it. Cause I did it myself. Sure. I says, but if you're, if you want to, you know, if you want to go somewhere and just earn money and find, you know, you're, you're, you can write your ticket, yep. you know, fortunately, unfortunately, depending on your view, getting in this industry in any kind of industry, whether it's, you know, whether you do go to college, become an engineer, I mean, you can, it's, it's instant, right. Or if you do, like I have one son we were talking about earlier, wants to be a surveyor, you know, and he's, I'm sorry, what? He wants to be a surveyor. Well, don't say that around, around this, this crowd. Cause I, uh, I'll, I'll speak with you uh, <laughs> separately, uh, get some contact info so, and uh, yeah, hands off guys, hands off. He's, he's the oldest of three. And, uh, but he, um, he, he enjoys it. And, and, our friend Tim Evans was the one who oh, is helpful. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but he's 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 worked with him over the years, you know, just because we just started using GPS, just started doing stuff. So okay, yeah. and, I, and machine I might, control and yeah, all that. machine yeah. control. I'm, I might be going off the tangent, but but and you know, I is like tell the younger kids that you know I call them kids because I'm old now, but that are working for us that you know it's. He goes, it's hard work, you know, for what we do. We're utility guys. We're grading guys. We're in the sun. It sucks right now. Right. Oh yeah. It's a hundred million degrees. And, yep. and, um, but if you stick with it, you know, first of all, you're going to get, you get paid well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the pay is not bad and we all try to keep up with, and it is part of inflation. I'm sure. Like, and it's uh, supply and demand. Oh, right? I mean, I'm right there with you, you know, you have know. been yeah. overpaying guys for 20 years now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and some of them, I'm, I'm, some of them do really well. And it's like, you just put in the time and you, you'll, I mean, I haven't, you know, we have one gentleman that works for us that 
literally came to work for us his senior year of high school. He was, came out of Taco Bell. And this is like, you know, I hope he's out listening to this. And, but I think it was five years ago, six years ago, and making minimum wage. Sure. But now he's worked himself up to, you know, you know, probably plus 60 plus a year. Sure. He's 26 years old. Yep. He's married, has a kid, bought himself a house. Right. You know, mm-hmm. none of that would have existed. Yeah. At Taco Bell. I mean, no, 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 no discredit, no, to, no discredit know, because, but still they're, like they're struggling. I mean, as a business, they're struggling too. Sure. Little we know about, you know, we see it and we just, you know, it's everyone struggles with it, but, but he just put in the time and did the effort and he's, and he still has way more room to grow. Oh, sure. Yeah. And cause he's, he's become pretty good friends with my son who wants to be the RLS and my son's the one who's telling me, he's like, Hey, we need to get him to do this when I'm doing so I can do this which is, and we're growing that point. So he'll eventually be doing that. And and again, so he's making himself career moves and he's not, you know, he's, he's long ways before he gets a 30. Sure. You know, and, and it's, you know, I don't, you know, maybe he'll go off on his own in 10 years and own his own business stuff, or maybe he'll stick with this, you know, through sure. the gen, cause it's a generational company. I'm the second mm-hmm. generation. And, yep. And my hope, my boys will make it the third generation, you know, so was that your plan is just to uh, pick guys off the line of uh, McDonald's yeah, and Taco right. Bell and turn them into surveyors and superintendents and, yeah. and foremen? All I mean, oh, right. I mean, I, I'm, I've done the same. It was the closest restaurant to us at the time seven years ago was Subway. And I still have three former Subway employees working for us. Well, they they yeah. made a good sandwich and we put them to work. Yeah, right. now one's an EIT and one's, you know, a, a, a experience inspector. I mean, it's, it, it can happen that way. It's, it's you know, and it, it I work a lot with, you know, with, I've worked a lot with kids, pre adult, you know, with church stuff and, you know, and my own kids, we have five and, and my nephews, I have 13 nephews. And so, so yes, they're all else around the same age. And, you know, and, you know, I tell my, my personal view and people could disagree or whatever is, is it doesn't matter who you, as long as your, your personality can determine mm. everything. I mean, you could work at a Taco Bell subway, but if you have that personality, that drive, drive. you know, it's something you cannot teach anybody. Yeah, right. There's no education system that's going to teach somebody work ethic. Right. Oh, work ethic well, and attitude. Well, and the attitude. first step is have a job. The second step is keep a job. Yes. And then, okay, mm-hmm. that eliminates a certain portion of the pool. And then now, okay, guy shows yeah. up to work every day. I can work with that. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's about, it's, it's, it's amazing how in today's world, if you're in your early 20s, late teens, now, if you just show up, mm. you have a ride to work, you know, it doesn't even have to be you. You can bring your mom, you know, whatever. Right. Yep. And you do it every day. You know, it only takes two to three years and, and. Oh yeah. It's kind of sad. But in this, is, in this, I don't want to say day and age is that's a stupid term, but. Oh no, it just makes you but, sound old. Right. Uh, but now two to three years experience is experience. Yeah. Like, those are, those are senior guys right there. And if you find the right people in two to three years, they can advance so far because oh yeah, kids, I say kids, but that younger generation, they're like sponges. You know, it's like they want to learn. They need to be challenged. And if you can teach them, provide them a place where they're going to learn things and challenge them, they're going to stick around and they're going to be very, very valuable to you. Well, and I've been thinking about this. Like, I, I almost think like this we keep talking about these kids and the, whatever the, whatever yeah. you call this generation. I think that the reason why they're sponges and they'll learn and do anything is because, I mean, they kind of got sold a raw deal. Like hmm. they were told just like sure. we were, I agree. but we, 
it was it's somehow different now where it's hey go to college you can get a job you can make it a career out of it no big deal i don't think that's exactly necessarily the same right now i think that there's a lot of kids that go to school they go to college and they get done and it's like now what and they're these get like, well, what did I just pay for? And what did I go into extreme debt to get? Yep. And now what do I do? Yeah. And I think that's, there's a real, there's a real, real problem there. And I think, you know, historically, when you talk about the trades, um, you know, the trades people have in a sense been looked down upon, right? Like they're second class citizens almost, you know, like I, my dad was a freaking janitor, a plumber, an electrician, blue collar guy, you know, worked his ass off every single freaking day to make ends meet. Um, but it's, it's a, now it's an honorable thing to do to get involved in the trades. The problem is like, in, like in high schools, they're not pushing trades. It's, I mean, it's almost like a racket. They're pushing college, you know, like you have to go to college to get here right? when you don't have to. I think that's starting to turn. I mean, what do you think, Ryan? Like, how are you attracting new? How do you find labor? Like, well, how I mean, are you attracting guys out of high school? And I mean, how do you how do you communicate that? Hey, you don't know anything. You can spend fifty grand a year, or you can come here, and in three years, you yeah. can make fifty grand a year. Yeah. Like, well, we have we have, you know, so in our company, and I and then and I'm just like it's the only best example I can use, right? Um, I have, I have nephews that work for me. Mm-hmm. I have my sons that work for me. You know, we, we're you know, we joke about it and inside the company is we're the, we're the epitome of nepotism, right? <laughs> so there's in our office, there's three nickels. There's, there's two brothers, a couple dimes. Yeah. Three right. quarters. Three quarters. We'll take a real quick. I don't want to interrupt, but take yeah. a, take one step back, uh, introduce, uh, yourself, like give a little bit of background on the company. So okay. everyone knows what, what, what you're talking about here. How far back? Uh, your name, what you do, okay. and what the company. <laughs> How long have you been there? <laughs> What's your favorite color? Yeah, no. So, so as we know, my name is Ryan Nickel, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, my dad started in the business in 1968. Here in there, here, here, here in Phoenix. Here in Phoenix. Okay. So, um, he, him, my mom moved from Utah, got married, and they came down here, and they came to work for this new startup company at the time called Motorola. Oh, <laughs> awesome. so if you drive around the city, there's remnants of that skeleton everywhere. Right. Mm. You know, every building over, you know, on McDowell on uh, Hayden and, you know, and my parents all worked there, you know, so they, so they got married, they started working there, but anyways, he got, he, he quit and my mom stayed working there. Um, but he had a, uh, in-law that got him started in the roofing tar business Okay, back in the day. And, uh, at the condos they lived in at the time around 44th street McDowell. Um, he, um, they, he was selling tar or roofing tar. Well, the condos loved him so much. They said, Hey, can you help us fix our parking lot? You know, wasn't it the same product? And I mean, I personally, I don't know. I think it's generally, but, and at the time he's like, yeah, it's the same comes from the same supplier that I sell for. He goes, well, okay. Can you, and so he just started figuring out how to seal coat. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, can you fix the potholes? And so he goes, okay, but he didn't really know how. Yeah. And so he would, you know, he, he did that. So he, he literally, it's the story of the guy at the pickup truck, the bucket, the shovel, you yeah. know, and, and so, and going for it. So it, so he, he went from that to Jerry nickel paving to Jerry nickel paving and seal coating. He ended up having doing really well because he ended up getting contracts with Chevron and he'd go around to Southwest and paving all the Chevron stations. So they would build these brand new stations and the GC would build them, be done with it. And then Chevron would pay to have my dad go and pave it. 
So it wouldn't be under the GC's contract. Hmm. And so, and then in the mid eighties or so, he, he got involved with, uh, we were talking earlier with the, with an engineering company here locally has a round tree that my dad was starting doing some parking lots for the school districts. And they were the engineers in the school districts. And, and, um, so one thing just kind of led him to another, became a general contractor, changed his licensing, you know, got the a general engineering. And then in 90, you know, I'll probably shoot myself. It was, I think 91. We changed, he changed the name. To, well, this isn't in the orientation requirements. Onboarding. No, unfortunately not. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, then we changed the name. It's been the, the nickel contracting since that point. That's night in mid nineties, the uh, early nineties. Okay. So, but it, we, you know, been in business since 68, Wow. you know, so it's, and, uh, we've been quietly in business and, um, you know, and then through the nineties, we just, and we stuck, my dad stuck with, you know, um, bonded projects, you know, the city, state, federal, you know, as a general mm-hmm. engineer, you know, hard bid projects. This is before mm-hmm. the CM at risk, before the design builds, yep. any of that stuff come out. So everything was, a, was a poker game, you know, every week bidding projects at the poker game. And, and I would go to them. I thought they were cool, you know, but you know, we did, then we got branched into city parks and athletic facilities and stuff. And we just carried on through that, you know, into the 2000s. And we just mm. had a friend get with us and he was a general contractor doing banks. He said, Hey, why don't you come start doing some of our site work? And I was like, Oh, my dad doesn't like to do private work. He just likes to stick with the government stuff. Cause mm-hmm. you know, whether the government's broke or not, they still have money. Right. You know, so they, um, so we have, but we, we branched out and now it turns out that we're, we do mostly private work and not very little government work. And the little bit of government work we do is for the school still for Hessen Roundtree for, um, and, 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 uh, we do some, and it's mostly 90% athletic field construction. Interesting. So interesting. So, so, so I interrupted you in the middle of you telling, I think you were in the middle of, uh, talking about, how you're finding new guys oh, yeah. to hire. So, so, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I have, we, I was talking about the nepotism, right? So we have cousins and brothers and we have family members. So we have groups of family inside our family company. They're, literally we do. We have this group of dad and sons, this group mm-hmm. of dad and sons, there's me and my sons, there's, mm-hmm. you know, brother. So it's, 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 and it's actually works. It works pretty well. I mean, there's, you know, everything yeah. has its own dramas, but yeah. But it, it works pretty well. But your, your HR director probably hates it because yeah, that's which is my brother. All the <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> also now that is nepotism. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, you know, it's just it. But it, it it the good thing is from our at least our company we know everybody by name, you know. So it's sure nobody really has a number. There's real no number. There's no there's slightly position titles, but it's it's. No, oh, yeah, it's know, it's, yeah. it's it's not that department. It's that guy. Yeah, it's it's, it's so you know, it's not yeah. HR. It's not accounting. It's it's Bill and Tom. Yeah, yeah, which I think makes a huge difference. But um, but yeah, but, but but hiring my you know, you know, talking to like my nephews and stuff like that. You know, it's just the only way we, you know, we've been able to retain or to just like listen. I I can't guarantee you'll be happy, but what I can guarantee you is if you stick with it, you can raise a family. You mm. know, if you, if you stick with it, wow. you know, you can, yeah. you, you know, I can't, but you know, and you can learn from us. And if you need to go on, you know, if you don't think yeah. you have it all here, you've at least 
you know, and, and it's easy for me to tell my nephews that because are my sons, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, my son's in a different position. Cause you know, it could be a general, it, they could end up just, you know, they, they have obviously the opportunity for them to just take it over. Sure. But at least from the other family members and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's their, it's their position to not necessarily lose, but their choice to, they want to be successful or not. I mean, we have, we have another, we have another group of, you know, we have two groups of fathers and sons and the fathers are, you know, would be called general superintendents or whatever they're mm-hmm. high position, yep. you know, guys and, and their sons are learning to be those or some are starting to become them. And, and they're not a whole lot older than my son. So you, without talking about it, you can see the, the guys, you know, it's like, Hey, this works like, Hey, eventually this is going to be the next gen. Absolutely. Yep. If everyone sticks with yep. it, you know? So it's, I try to encourage, I mean, we, in the summer times, we have guys, some kids who come from high school, mm. you know, they come and work out with yep. us and, uh, and, uh, and they love it. You know, they, but talk, talk a little bit about that. How do you, do you go into high schools and say, Hey, who, just, who likes hard labor and that's not like, uh, not me. <laughs> jump in the truck and we'll put you to work for today. How do you get well, I can like g- I give you a couple stories. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't, you know, and it's, and it's not that we don't want to, I think it's because we're just not big enough to be one of those companies that, Hey, goes and recruits, you know, and the, and the things, but because, and I'm, this is the fortunate thing, I guess, in our position in this company was, is uh, for example, there's a gentleman at the Maricopa County works for the County, um, not in the McDot side, but, um, uh, maintenance facilities mm-hmm. construction, right? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of high up there, but his, his family was a construction family. So his dad knew my dad and I knew him. And then, so his son's the same age as my son. So his son's going to ASU, but he called me at a high school, after high school, you know, the, his dad did and said, Hey, my son's looking for a job. You know, grandpa doesn't want to do this kind of stuff anymore. And he doesn't really want to drive up the globe and back. You know, you got some deals. Like, yeah, send him out. We'll just stick him out. You know, and, sure. and he's raised in the business. So I know he's, a, and I know the kid, he's young. And so we do, the, you know, we get, he comes in and now whenever he has free time, like summer, uh, winter break, stuff like that, he's, he calls me, Hey, could, you got stuff. For, I say, yeah, you, you, all you just do is call me and tell me when you want to show up, you know? And so he does. And, and, and everybody knows him now because he's been with us a couple of years and, and he's a really good worker, right? I'm not sure if it's exactly what he wants to do in life, but he's young enough. He can make that choice, yeah. Sure. but he's one thing he's doing. And the other thing we've talked about with the other kids is he's doing this in the summer, working hard, learn, learning. He's running, sometimes running a piece of equipment. He's in the trench slinging pipe or checking grade or whatever. If he goes to college and does this, but it doesn't really work out. He, he knows how to do this. So mm-hmm. it's just another, he's a, he's an example of putting another, you know, he has another tool in his belt. Right. And, um, and that's, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's a really good example. Another example um, that we use for the, you know, because, because of our, you know, because of people I know in church, you know, our church organizations, stuff like that, you know, in the summertime, I, we get a lot of, we've gotten requests this summer. We didn't have as many because um, uh, we were, there's some things they just had other stuff going on and school times getting shorter in the summer, but. But in the, you know, the year before and the year before we get these kids are 15 to 18 years old that we know. And they'll, they'll ask, Hey, can I come out and work for you for two, three weeks this summer? I said, yeah, no problem. And I mean, they're, 
their moms and dads will drop them off at four 30 in the morning, you know, at the job site. And they're, and, and they're not job sites like, like the project that we talked about, you know, the oh, yeah. guy, you know, not, they're not like job sites like that. They're, they're like the city parks that we build or the, oh, okay. yeah, or the yeah, athletic yeah, yeah. facilities mm-hmm. where, you know, you're not working around the construction of buildings. You don't have any issues of like, you know, fall protection and right. safety stuff. It's, yep. it's, it's ground level, not trenches are no deeper than a foot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, uh, equipment's no bigger than a bobcat, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that kind of stuff. But they're, yeah, you right. know, but they'll come out and they love it. You know, they come out and they, you know, cause I mean, they're getting paid. I mean, these are, these are, and these are good kids, but they're, they're kids in my area that, yep. you know, they don't need to work, Sure, but their parents want them to work. Good for them. You know, and they want them to do something because most of their parents that I know, you know, they're, they're professionals or doctors or lawyers or engineers at Intel or, you know, stuff like that. And, and they want their kids to, you know, feel what it's like for yeah. some of us guys. Develop a work ethic. Develop a work ethic. Yeah. You know, I'm good curious. for those parents. How did you develop a work ethic? My dad. My dad. I mean, like I said, he was like the hardest working human being I've ever met in my life. And we're like... I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to imply that you had one. I'm just saying what, what, what got you? you no, whatever. <laughs> no, all credit to my dad, hundred percent. You know, he was a blue collar guy and uh, you know, from as early as I could help him out, he drug me along, you know, whatever it was, I was always with him. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, I like, and I like the, uh, yeah. the, it's, Hey, put my kid to work. I, yeah. you know, it, yeah. his hands are too, there's not enough calluses yeah. there. Get him out there and get, you know, and my, my dad did the same thing. And I, I we talked just briefly before you were in here, but we he did the same thing where um, in the summertime, I was, it was early eighties, mid eighties, you know, I'm 12, 13, 14 years old. He would make me go to work with him or yeah, he'd make me go to work with him yeah. in the summertime because one, so I wouldn't be a lazy ass, he would say, you know, and he, he was a hard man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He was a hard person to work for and even harder as the son. And, um, but the other thing is I go out there in this, we relate to a little bit to survey was I was a 13 year old kid who knew how to do math. Yep. And so I'm sitting there and it was really weird, but I still remember it. And I'll never forget this is I'm telling 40 something year old men how to set survey stakes. And, you know, I'm the guy behind the two man, you know, up, down, you know, 10th up two attempts down, whatever, you know, setting blue tops in a parking lot. And I'm the dumb kid behind it, you know, yelling at a, it was That's just awesome because awesome. I knew how to do it. My dad knew, I knew, I knew how to do, you know, he showed me how to figure out the math and tense when I was right. like 12 and, and he'd make, he printed off and I had to, he'd make me do the homework. He'd make me do it. And then he would make me go out and do it. And I, and I didn't hate it. You know, it was just as a kid, you know, I don't want to get up at three 30 in the morning. Yep. I, you know, you crumb me. I got, I got yep. T-ball, I got baseball tonight or something like it, but I still did it. And, and I look back and, you know, you'd like, you asked him, it was like, what, you know, what, you know, my old man was the, was, you know, they taught us how to work. Absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds crazy, but like, yeah, my, my dad coming home at 7 PM. I mean, he was an accountant, right. But he still came home at 7 PM and dropped me off at before whatever that was that kept, kept care of me before school at 6 AM the next morning. And I saw that like, sure. Okay. That that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Get up early. You go to work. Yep. You work your ass off and you're, you're home late. Like yep. he wasn't one of those guys. And that's, I think that's what did it for me. For sure. For sure. So Brian, I got to ask you, you were doing that at a young age with your mm-hmm. dad. That's awesome. And then you decided to go to ASU and get a degree in history. Mm-hmm. I was, right, well, so I, Something <laughs> is not making sense here. So 
So you're a big Jeopardy fan or like, uh, you know, like, well, like, was it? Did Cliff, your dad like, Cliff Cliff like, like what the hell yeah. are you doing? Oh, yeah. You're a Cliff Clavin well, yeah, fan. Right. You know? I'm a purveyor of useless knowledge. You're right. Um, the, the rutabaga. <laughs> no, I, um, so I, you know, as I, as I grew up here, obviously, and I uh, actually grew up really near here. I went to Arcadia High School. Oh, really? Okay. So, so I went, I went to Arcadia High School. I played baseball. Um, and then I ended up going into college playing baseball. So cool. I, I actually went to Scottsdale Community College on a scholarship and then went from there to Texas Wesleyan University oh, nice. on a scholarship. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I did most of my school at Texas Wesleyan. I, I was hmm. a senior by the time I was done there. And then, um, I came back and just finished the issue, but I didn't finish until my third son was two. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so I, so it was, it was, well, I mean, I have a couple ideas, but, <laughs> but when I came back um, from Texas, uh, it was uh, 95. And um, so I was going to, I, I signed up, back at ASU to finish, you know, but at the same time, my mom says, Hey, your dad really needs your help. You know? Mm. So, yep. you know, can you work for him? He needs your help. And my dad started, you know, he had a, he had a partner at the time that went South, but at the time he had a partner is the first time he's ever had one. And they got a taste of what it was like to not. So my dad came from the mindset of if it's, if I'm not doing, it, it's not getting done. Right. So, which which he was, you know, he That's worked really hard to a team. He worked really hard. He was very, you know, and maybe he just, but he didn't allow himself to expand, mm. you know, and let and hire somebody to do what he does. Yep. So he can keep expanding, but it, mm. he got a taste of it this one time. And financially it worked out really well for him until they went South. But, um, and, um, so the guy, you know, the guy left and stuff and, and, but they still had all these projects and stuff. So she's like, Hey, do you want to help? And I said, yeah, I, I can do that. You know? And so I started working full time and then just did night school. And this is like 96, uh, 97. And then I started getting, uh, really, I started really busy. And it's like, man, I can't do school at the same time. This sucks, mm. you know, cause you know, I, I have to go out to work, at, you know, leave at the house three thirty, four o'clock morning. I don't get home till four o'clock in the afternoon. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm still, I'm still dumb and partying with my buddies, you know? And, and so I, I chose to keep partying and being stupid, but then I, you know, then they, even that started wearing to the point. It's like, I can't do that anymore. So now I got to grow up, you know? So, so yeah, I, uh, this is like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When the fifth kid is uh, in middle school, like, all right, I really got to get my shit together. Here. Yeah. So I, I got my shit together. Um, and then I met my wife within the first year, you know, and I wasn't going to school at the time. And my dad actually took a break at the time. So I went to work for another company, um, local company, JMH company at the time. They were doing construction, but now they're strictly a trucking company. Um, and they're a friend of my, my, the owner of that one was a really good friend of my dad, stuff like that. So I went over there for about six months and was running equipment for him. So I was, you know, running the blade, finishing this, doing that, you know, and then, then my dad showed up to one of the job sites and it was right down there by the, um, the prison on Van Buren and 20, 20. No, this is a, it's the mental hospital. Oh, okay. The one on 20 street and Van Buren. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've been there. I've been there many times. It's yeah, very, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah I, I, I sicked you up there. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's creepy. I'll be honest with you, that one's creepy, you know, because it has a prison inside a prison, and and that one inside the prison is where the where the really unfortunately bad sexual people are, you know, with the violent sexual predator were kept at the time. So we were doing all the paving around the facility. But my dad showed up and said, hey, where's so-and-so? You know, where's Brad? He goes, oh, well, I haven't seen him in six months. Hmm. What do you mean? Who's running this job? I said, I am. You know, and he looks at me. He's like, wait a minute. You're running this job? He goes, yeah. Brad just left me the notebook. Told me, here's Daryl. Here's so-and-so. They're your operators and stuff like that. And call me when it's ready to pave. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Throw <laughs> so, into the fire. Yeah. So, and, it, and, then, and then, so, at the same time, um, there was kind of an offer from Brad to me to come in and work for him and eventually be a, you know, a partner or something like that. And I, and it wasn't really a full fledged offer, but he basically went to my parents and said something about it. He said, Hey, if you don't go back to work, Jerry, and take him with you, mm. I'm taking him because mm. I'm going to grow it, you know? And it, and, and so we, and so I, my dad said, Hey, I, I gotta go back where I can't sit around, you know, you know? And so we did. And, and so, and then I got married in 1998 and then they're, first son you know born in 99 every two years after that we had a kid so 2004 is when i ended up graduating from asu interesting so that's why that's why i have that's why i say that my graduation picture is me with my youngest son on my shoulders and my two you know might just walk out (laughs) my gown you know like that so i mean it's but it it was good it was straight to the keg party yeah right Well, um, I, this may be a little local specific, but I really want, we don't spend a lot of time, but talk a little bit about uh, growing up in Phoenix and, you know, kind of, how is it, how, how has you seen, seen the progression and what, you know, how was it like growing up in this town and compared to what, you know, I, I also live in this area. My wife's second generation. So I'm just curious on what, it, what it's like to grow up here. And is it always this hot? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So I, it's what, you know, people who, people I've known who've moved here, you know, they asked me, they asked me, a lot of people asked me, it's kind of like, what was it like growing here? It's like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I mean, we is just, I mean, we, our school had swamp coolers and no air conditioning. Right. And so, but we didn't start school till September, you know, and it was, um, we played in the irrigation. I mean, we swam in the irrigation canals, the stuff that you see people say, please don't go in, you know, we're, we're dumb kids. Right. And so, that was, we had a ditch in our backyard. I mean, we, we just, you know, it was, we spent the summers with no shirt on with the thanks, um, no shirt on, you know, feet were callous from walking on hot asphalt and, and, you know, everyone had citrus in their backyard. So at least, you, you know, there was fruit all the time, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, we, I have a few buddies we stay in talk, contact with that we all grew up since like kindergarten. And when COVID hit, you know, we're, we're like, ah, we got, we got this. We got this. And you're like, what do you mean? Cause and we'd send pictures of us like swimming in the irrigation water. So like, Dude, oh we're, we're immune to everything. Right? right. If we made it through irrigation water, we can make it through anything. Right. <laughs> so, it was, you know, it was, but we watched it, you know, I grew up, I grew up just North side of uh, Papago, the Papago Buttes right there where the national guard is. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so when my parents, when, by the time I was three, they moved from the 44th street, condo we moved over to is like oh just north of oak and 56th street oh yeah, yeah, yeah in that area um so i spent you know my whole life has been right there you know we're right there in the arcadia here you know the the citrus mm-hmm. you know around you know ingleside and you know the whole 
all my buddies were all grew up in that area. And, uh, and, uh, we watched it, you know, we watched this town grow. We were, hmm. I was talking earlier about it. We were like, I remember, and it was like, I sound like an old, really old man, but I remember the days, you know, when I remember the time when we had the big flood, I was young, you know, there's the flood going down the and you, you couldn't get to Tempe without having to go all the way down to like, and I'm probably wrong. I can't remember it, but we'd have to go all the way down to either 15th Avenue or 17th street or 17th Avenue bridge, go back across and then back over because they were still trying to build the bridge that got wiped out from the previous flood. Mm. And so when every time the water come down the salt river, the only other crossing was ones that actually drove through the river. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know I yeah. I know exactly what you're talking so, about. Yeah. So we, as I'm young enough or old enough to remember the times we had to do that. And then I remember we, when we take for granted how many bridges we have across the salt river and yeah. they're used to before. Yeah. And there's been a That's lot a of point. damn activity. Like yeah, recently used, there used to be a lot of, a lot of water blowing through there. Well, I mean, you think of how Ooh. long they ran the water just recently. Right. Yep. Oh I mean, yeah. And back then it would, everyone, you I mean, there would be, you know, this, when at that, at that same time, we would spend all that time. People would have to go all the way around. I mean, they're currently working on the Gilbert road bridge now yeah. who we got delayed six months because, because of the, they released the water on the dam and blew out the road and yep. they had to wait for it to drop. I mean, it, it's just funny how that's still, but, but yeah, that was then. And, you know, remember when the 60 went to Gilbert and then we remember when the 60 went to power road, it was like a big deal. Right. And when the superstition mall got built, I mean, it was like, Whoa, you know, there's malls out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. You know, and it's like, well, that's only where all the blue hairs go. You know, it's like, it's just, we, you know, you, you just watch and it's, it seems like it was yesterday, but you know, you know, from, you know, from my strong memories, which is, you know, basically mid grade, mid middle school to now, it's just, it's, you know, it's just incredible how much it's changed and sure, you know, and then talking to people who've moved here, you know, why they moved here is like, I get it. You know, I totally get it. You know? Yep. You know, I'm not one of those natives who bitches about it. Yep. You know, cause I mean, for one main reason, I'm, my business benefits, right? Yeah. But the other thing is, is, is it's cool to see in my eyes. Sure, it's really cool to see, you know? So I was at a meeting at the County today, Maricopa County, and uh, it Maricopa County is still and currently the fastest growing County in terms of population in the country. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Fourth largest, fourth largest County in the country Yep. and about to be third. It's been, it's getting pretty yep. close. Yep. Not crazy. That's three and a half million people live in Maricopa County. Yeah. Well, Pinal County, what's going to happen there? Oh, man. It's yeah, I know. freaking exploding is what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to ask you about? Um, so, first of all, what percentage of your employees are women? Oh, that's a just shot off the bow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Talking about the trades, just curious. Um, we have one woman really? in the field. Isn't that interesting? And she's actually a really good employee. Yep. She's in our structural, our concrete structural crew. Yep. And uh, yeah, she's really good. So here's where I'm going with this. Um, June was men's health month, right? And one thing we do talk about a lot on this show is men's mental health, right? And working in the trades, working uh, in the environment that you work in and the, in the, that your employees work in, very stressful. There is demands on all these people, you know, physically, mentally, that type thing. What type of things do you do as a company to, you know, make sure that your, your people are good? 
And you have to be doing something because you can't yeah. stay in business this long. Other well, then, you know, you yeah. know, the family thing, you just yeah. threaten them, yeah. to, you know, that, uh, take them out of the will or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. Seriously, though. I mean, yeah, sure. You know where I'm coming from, right? No, I do. Yeah. I mean, we I mean, I mean, it's a competition, right? So we have people are always trying to, you know, you know that there's always poaching, you know, and it happens in everybody's mm-hmm. industry, right? Yep. So and we try to, you know, first of all, we try to stay up at least are from try to stay up with the, uh, with the financial part. We want to make sure that the guys that we have, they're getting what they deserve to get paid at the position they are and their ability they have. Right. And, um, we try, we're not the, I, I'm, we're not the best. I know, you know, but I, I would never claim to be the best at it, you know? Sure. But we like, we try to, when we have new hires, I usually tell them, Hey, listen, I go, we, we try to pay the best. We try to provide that we can. I go, we're not the biggest, we're not supply. We're not, we're not backed by a corporation. I go, we don't, we don't have, you know, we're not, we don't having that kind of capital. We don't use it. We don't need it for what we run our business. I go, but at the same time, what's important to me should be important to you is I got to make sure that, you know, if you have a family, it's like work is still just work at the end of the day. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you still have, you still got to go home. You still have a family, you still have this, you know, and if you're not married, you still have a life, you know, there's still life. Yep. And so we started, you know, one thing we've implemented and we've been slowly doing it. And, and it, I think it's paying off is, is we've, you know, a lot of companies do things like, you know, dinner parties and stuff like that, or mm-hmm. like they clientele stuff, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't do the clientele stuff at all. And um, what we do do is like, if I'm going to spend, me and my brother was actually just talking about this at lunch. It was like, if we're going to spend 20 grand on, if we think we had to do some sort of client appreciation thing, I would rather spend 20 grand on my guys sure. than yeah. somebody else's guys. You know, right. it's not, I'm not disrespecting the companies that do that because yep. people, we get invited, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we work for very large general contractors who treat us well. And we go to their stuff like that, but we're not set up like them. But so, you know, we, Three years ago, we started um, every summer we go to Huntington Beach and I take every every person who basically drives a company truck in the company. So it's kind of why we were talking about it where they don't really have quote unquote position titles. But if you drive a company truck, it's some sort of, you know, 99% of the guys drive a company truck or management. Sure. Sure. Management yeah. style, Superintendents, right? foreman. We have, yeah. we have one, one or two. The only reason we, they, we, we, because they've been here a long time and they, then they're, they're a, like a specific key operator. They don't run anybody. They don't manage anybody. They just, so, and I don't really count them, but they do have that, but the, the rest of the guys, so we, so we take, and we just got done doing this uh, two weekends ago is we shut down the company on a Friday and on a Thursday before we tell everyone to leave at lunch and we take off and we take, I, I get everybody a room at the, at the waterfront beach resort in Huntington, right on the beach said, I'll get everybody gets a room. You can put as many people in your family you want in there, but this is yours. Bring who you want. There's no agenda. There's no responsibilities from the company. You get a three-day weekend on me. Go enjoy yourself, you know? And the first year we did it, I, was, I wasn't sure how it would be taken, you know, like if other guys wouldn't like it or whatever, you know? And, and, and you know, and, and when the guys, one of the, one of the father and son duos, right, um, came up to me and says, you know, I've never, and the dad did, because I've never taken my kids 
on purpose, like to California on a trip. And he, you know, his kids, his kids, one of 25 years old, one of his kids, oh, is yeah. so 20, you know, and he's a great guy, you know, and, the, and his kids, his boys that work for me are great. And, and I was like, and he goes, he's just like, this is really cool. And so we've been doing it. And, and then that kind of like, you know, we should try to do this more often. And they, so we've done a, we've, we keep them, we try to keep in their mind to, Hey, that, you know, the company's, yeah, it feeds us, it provides for us and you, you help provide for my, you know, well-doing stuff like that. But at the end of the day, but I, I want to make sure that, you know, you know, that you get, there's something more than just mm. the paycheck. Right. Yep. And then we do, then we have the critical, not necessarily critical, but the higher end guys, like the, the, the general, we have a couple general superintendents, you know, our, our one estimator, our one main project manager, and then me and my brother. So it was like, and then we do a trip every year with those group, which is the couple thing. And we, every year we pick somewhere we've never been or we, not, or they've never been. Mm. So last year we went to Florida, you know, and awesome. then year before we did, uh, we did Cancun, you know, cool. and then, you know, and this year we're going to New Orleans because they've never been there. You know, it's, it's just, we try to do things that that's, and then, uh, you know, and then we do do the dinners and stuff like that. And then when we do those, everybody in the company's invited. It's like, you know, this is, I mean, and we, we've, and uh, so we try to, we try to give the guys the feeling that we care, right? Not just about your financial stuff, sure. but just care, right? Yep. And we still, because, and I told, I've told some of these guys, like the, the gentleman I talked about that started to talk about, we hired him at Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I, I talked to him because he, I talked to him like he's my son because he's the same age, roughly same age as my kids. And I said, listen, if you have issues, if you have problems, don't be afraid to talk to me. Like, don't look at me as your boss. Look at somebody, you know, mm. don't, not as your dad, but maybe it's the crazy uncle or something where you can the you mentor, know, the mentor, the mentor, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I just, I go, if you, if you need help, you know, you can, and, and guys, and there's, there's things that, that these, you know, some of these guys have confided in me, you know, they've, they've reached sure. out to me or my brother, you know, for advice, for help, for this, you know, and stuff, most of stuff's not serious. It's just like, you know, they're, because we try to be personable to the point where they, they need to feel comfortable, but also to the, point where like they should they feel like they're a person you know oh yeah you know stuff like that so i think it's helped i mean i've got guys that worked for me for 22 years mm, that know? says a lot well i think it, and the reason that they work for you is because you treat them as a as a person not employee 25 yeah and it sounds so a little cliched and it sounds yeah. so simple but yeah i mean i find myself having the same conversation like like, I'll, you know, have this manager that comes and say, Hey, what do I do with this guy? You know, I've been trying, you know, I keep telling him to do this and he's not doing the right thing. I'm like, how about you just take him aside and talk to him? Like he's, you yeah. know, how about you talk to him, uh, talk to him yeah. like he's your friend. It's like, yeah. Hey, what's going on? You know, yeah. like relate to him and treat everybody with as much respect you would anyone else or any of your friends. Or, you, know, you don't have to be yeah, friends with everybody, but treat them like people, not employees well you'd you'd find you'd, you'd yep. we've been you know expanding on that you'd find it like if and i've done it personally he's like you you think some one of your employees just a, you know the guys with the manager oh i don't want him on this job send him somewhere else so we, have you talked to him mm. you know it's like no nah, no nah. so then then, yep. and then you then you, and then i would talk to him, my brother's i was hey what's going on it's like then you find out it's like well something happened at home that 
that sucks. Yep. You know, yeah. like your parent dies or yep. something like that. You know, it's like, well, this guy, you know, it's not his fault. You know, may, you may have yes. a bad week because, you know, so sometimes, you know, if you, when we've on some guy and then some people and you, you just have to be able to be able to read people as well. Oh yeah. You know, cause some people, you know, you try to, there's some, he's like, I, I can't solve your problems because you just keep creating new ones. Yep. You know? <laughs> right. And, and so it's like, but there are some people you can just tell by reading that, Hey, I can help you. Cause I know you'll receive it. Yep. I know you've been that type of person to receive it. And I know at least if I can leave an impression and leave something in your mind and you, Cause I, you know, the, cause I tell, I tell my kids and I've told my nephews, I go, listen, you know, and this might be a little bit off tangent, but it's like, no matter what you do in life, you know, it's like every, if you think you're making a choice now at 18, 20 years old, that doesn't affect your life. It might not affect you right now, but it might affect you when you're 45, my age. So whether, and that's, and I go, and that goes both ways. It goes it, on your good and your bad decisions might not affect you now, but they'll affect you later. You know, and the good decisions will financially or, you know, family wise will affect you later, yeah. you know, make them bad ones will affect you later, mm. you know? Yeah. And so, you know, we, I, I, I that's the, the only, I mean, the, we try to make sure that we retain our guys through, you know, like I said, through financial, but yet to feel like they're at least a part of something. And, and we can tell the ones that you can tell after about a year, the ones sure. that don't care about that, yeah. you know? And then you can also, I, I, I know he will, he'll probably quit. You know, but there's guys that, you know, I've got, I've had guys that work for me seven, eight years. They quit because they would move and they, as soon as they move back, they come back. Sure. And they, and then they kept, and then two or three guys would quit and come back and they, and they finally figured because, you know, cause they would, didn't like the way things were how, cause I mean, we're not, we're not the most perfectly organized company. I mean, I could tell you, I mean, or, you know, but they're like, you know, this like, man, this, you know, they, in the beginning, like, this is really weird. Cause we have a lot of guys who are cross-trained, you know, guys. We have guys that can one day run a track of digging main line for sewer. The next day they'll jump on a scraper and help us build grade, you know, and then the next day they'll be on a track. Oh, doing this. And the next day they'll be on a Gannon doing this. The next day they'll be doing that. You know, it's like we have guys, a lot of half our guys have the ability to stop what they're doing now and go on to something else. And, and we run, you know, we ran lean when there was qualified people available, we still would run lean on our, but now we run lean by have yeah, to you're right yeah. so but um, how do you handle the uh that's not my job comment we've um <laughs> hey jump on that again yeah yeah uh, uh, we've had to deal with that or or do you not deal with that so i i've i've dealt with it a few times my my general superintendent who's been with us for 15 years he um he's he has a pretty funny way of dealing with it He's, he comes across pretty rough, you know, he's an ex smoker, you know, stuff like that. So he's, he's got that voice and he's got that look. Right. But he's, he's really, he's a really nice guy and he's easy going. It's hard to offend and stuff like that. And, and uh, he says he would, he, when guys are starting to do that, when, when we start, you know, growing, we had more and more employees. Yep. We start we saw that a lot. Say, Oh, that's not my job. I'm not, I'm not the grading guy. That's the grading mm. guys. I'm not. And he says, listen, he goes, what's on the back of your shirt? Well, it says nickel contract. What what's on the front of your check? Who signs the check? Ryan or Joel? It's the same people. Yeah, it's the same thing. He goes and he goes and I'll tell you, is if you really want to do well in this business going forward, and he used to say this like ten years ago. He goes, do both. Figure out how to do them. You know, because you'll be surprised if you have the ability to do multiple things across this trade. Mm -hmm. 
how important you become, how, you know, and guy, and a lot of, a lot of guys have picked it up, you know, like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, some was like, they'll do things begrudgingly. Oh, I don't want to do that. But now what, instead of saying it's not my job, it's like, you know, I'm not the best at this, you know, they'll, you know, yeah, I know, but we we're shorthanded. We can't, we haven't finished at this project. So your crew's going to start this. But as soon as these guys finish up, I'll have them come in and take over, you know, take off where you think. Right. Oh, okay. You know, and so instead of saying it's not my job, it's like, they'll just, you know, mm. you know, we're not the fastest at this. So-and-so is better, but at least they'll do it and they don't do it. Mm. You know? Yep. So, but the guys, guys previously would quit over that stuff. We have one guy who's quit three times, come back. And the third time he come back is, I totally get why you guys do this. Mm. He goes, this makes sense. Bingo. You know, he goes, I totally get it now. Yep. And he goes, and he, once he goes, once I, and he tells me, he goes, once I figure that out, he goes, I actually become less stressed. I don't, it doesn't bother me as much as I, he goes. Now I'm, I'm, it kind of, I get it, you know? Mm. So it's, it's worked out. All right. So I hate to ask this question, but Wait, I got it. You're not, you're not closing out. Are you? No. Okay. Good. Go. No, no, no. Uh, good. But I want to ask, I got some good stuff. Uh, I want to ask, uh, maybe, maybe pull it into what we typically talk about and, Talk about the importance. I'm going to say it very generic. The importance of serving and what you do and how. Uh, may, maybe just a little bit of context on from your perspective on terrible surveyors like Kent and, mm-hmm. <laughs> or just you know like uh, talk about the, the the importance of accuracy and 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 how you how do you interact with the survey community. So, uh, I use. <laughs> So the surveying and that asshole Tim happens. Yeah. That, that <laughs> so my dad used to have a saying and, and uh, he goes, he's cause he used to yell it, not say it, <laughs> but uh, he goes, I can build this job without you, but I can't build it without survey. So you knock over another effing steak. I'm going to kick your ass. I never met him. And got it a thumbs up from 85% of the audience. <laughs> and then, but it, and it, you know, and it used to think, you know, and I was, I wasn't the one at the time on the machines, I was the one on operator at the time, but, but, you know, he used to, I mean, just, he would, I mean, just, I mean, those surveys, the stakes and stuff on the ground were, you know, they were, I mean, he had an eye on them, right? And he would just be, if anybody, oh, he would blow his top. Now, at the same time, he would bitch about the survey, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he knew it was one of those things that he's, it was, he knew the, it was how vital it was to what we do. Right. Cause it's, I mean, we're engineering contractors. I mean, we, you're basing your, all, all that our great stuff is, is based on that one that thing and yeah. you're basing the entire job, the accuracy of that one paint. Mark. Yeah. Yep. That, and so fingers crossed it's correct. Cause it was, uh, I mean, it was expensive. I mean, it is expensive. It like, is expensive. You know, if, you, if you, if you knock over four or five stakes and they're critical to this grade line or this curb line, it's know, probably more than what you paid that yeah. guy that day. Yes. Yes. To come out and restake it. <laughs> and so he, that was why his big thing was in the company. And, and, you know, we in generally, I, we don't, we're not one of those guys that come in with bitches about survey, you know, cause it sucks. It's a hard, I mean, I've, I've, I know guys and I know Tim, right. I've know some other guys that you've, you know, it's in their life and it's, and they're good dudes. And they're just, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of responsibility, you know, um, in, in, in the same mind, we, you know, just recently, and I say recently when the last, you know, seven years, 
we got our own equipment. We, you know, we bought our own GPS and we were so far behind the A ball, right? I mean, other guys were automated, you know, 10, 15 years before we were, but we weren't that big, you know, and my dad was very tight, very cheap, not cheap, but tight. You know, we conservative, very conservative. I mean, he ran a business. He ran a business basically like a Dave Ramsey model. You know, yep. we when you know, up until 19 or up until 2012, mm. everything we had was paid for in cash. I yep. mean, like the vehicles, mm. the equipment. Was it great? No, it wasn't. The, but it worked every day or tried to work every day. Right. And so, but, it, you know, it was old enough stuff that couldn't be automated. And so, but, you know, we to, to, you know, it was the way he ran his business and it was financially, it was stable. It was a very stable, but it, it didn't allow for growth, you know, for cash flow and stuff like that. So, so anyways, we, we switched up, you know, and then we started getting new equipment and which then became, you know, you get it from CAD or John Deere or whatever it comes, you know, pre-wired ready for automation, whatever like that. And we'd have that, but then, we, then, so it was about 2016, 15 or 16. We, finally picked up our first, you know, unit and, and we realized, cause at that point, how, how important survey was, cause we were doing in this area around here in the Arcadia area, we were doing a lot of these little, and you've, you still, still going on where someone will knock down a couple houses and they'll put up six. Yeah. yeah right. right? Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting our own stuff and, and you have all the curb and all that stuff. And the grade was, you know, it had six pads that were all, you know, hundred feet apart, you know, it would look like a forest out there with every stick on every corner. Yep. So we, we went out and got our own stuff to keep ourselves straight. It's like, man, this is really, you know, the surveyor didn't, he didn't care because he would provide us the localization. He provide us all the stuff, you know, for the corner points and the information. And then we would basically use it as not, we would, it would, it would, we'd still get surveyed, but it would make sure we don't screw up. Right. We don't mark, you know, run over his stuff. And then we just kept, gradually getting up and it's like but the surveyors i mean honestly i we don't from every every group that we know in the survey stuff like that is we we don't really have any issues we actually you know most of them we've gotten to know you know because it's just like anything else there's not a lot of guys still doing that either yeah you know there's not yeah and it's important to get to know i mean we've we've had it is is and we've had I mean, you get your bigger groups, you know, um, and, you know, some of the bigger companies, and I thought it was EPS, EPG or something. EPS. EPS. And they have a very big survey group, right? And, you know, sometimes it, and things go, and then I'll, I'll use an example. We had, we had a job in Mesa that we're doing. It's just a pickleball court, you know, construction Another stuff. Another freaking pickleball court. Oh, yeah. We've done. They're everywhere. <laughs> they are everywhere. It's really catching on. And uh, they're going indoor now, too. And they had a, they had a one foot bust on the site. Oh, that's it. Uh, yeah. It is we exactly. can work with that. I can work with that. Close enough for state work. Great, great up, great up. Great yeah. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, so when they surveyed the, the site and this is, and, and going a little bit back, but we had, we had the site model. It's only like, you know, less than an acre. Right. But we still put a model together hmm. and not for our machines because it's so small, but yeah. for our guys to use for, oh, cool. To, to great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, but at the same time, we had the surveyors come out and do the, and they give us an initial surveyor, the survey. My son and Tim Evans were just finishing putting together his system 
where he wasn't no longer setting up a base, but going off the Wi-Fi, yeah. right? Going through a radio mm-hmm. and all stuff like that. Yep. So our system wasn't quite up and running yet. But by, so. The VRS. Yeah. By the time he got it up and running, we have already built the pads for the, <laughs> for the pickleball course, stuff like that. And then when he got it up and running, we went out there and we're like, our model says, fill of a foot, fill of a foot, fill of a foot. I mean, like, like whoa, wait, what happened? And so my son's like double checking all the benchmarks. Jumping. He goes, man, and they're, they're checking in and checking in like all the control points. Yep. And then, and then the foreman superintendent of the job, the guy running the Gannon goes, let me check with my laser, you know, we'll just double check. And, and he, and he shot the benchmark and then shot the stake. You know, like, whoa. So it is, which we exported, you know, all this dirt to get it off the site <laughs> that shouldn't have left. Oh, Jesus. You know? And so, you know, and, and, and I was like, you know, the GC is like worried that now I'm going to, you know, here comes the bag charges, here comes this, yeah. and I, you know, and, and I said, and so we had a big meeting and, and the surveyor is like, um, they said, well, your guys checked it and said it was okay. I said, no, they didn't say it was okay. They said the benchmark was okay. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's a difference between yeah, the benchmark and, and then this construction. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I said, listen, and because they're, I mean, they were, they were all worried. And it's, it wasn't a big enough. It was, I said, listen, we have enough money in this job. Mm-hmm. Just work with me. Yep. Make sure I get, I'll, I have a source. We'll bring the dirt back. Yeah. Nobody's going to die. No one's going to die here. I go, I'm not back charging anybody for anything. I go, but I'm going to keep this in my pocket. Yep. So you as the GC, if you, if you think you have issues with me, you know, like if I, if I'm off a day, Put them over here yeah, in, the, in this fuck know, up fund. Like when, you, when you call me from a, in two months, like, hey, I need you here right now, and I can't be there right now. Let's, you know, you remember just, this. Just remember Took a double, this. Yeah. couple dollars out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it it worked out, but it's like, you know, it was it was it was a simple math error. Rod height bust. Yeah, it could be anything. No, yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, because everything was exactly a foot, right? Yep. Yeah. That, that's, that's a rod height. That's a rod, that's a rod height. I think and so. yeah. and yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it was just, you know pickleball courts nothing was poured it's just it's dirt. pickleball yeah it's just dirt right yeah but if you're i mean but i can understand if it was a yeah. you know if it was power road like we're over there with you oh guys. yeah if it was yeah. power roads on there and they already had issues out there oh yeah because the roads all, suck all great issues yes all great issues and which is not the surveyor's issue per se it was the this the road was yeah. terrible it was out of their mm-hmm. own spec and they're making the gc and the owner put it in the spec yeah but yeah that's how, that's how it works that's the way it goes yeah yeah what else do you have, Ken? I got another question for you, Ryan. And I love the story about your father and how he built the company. You know, he's like, I'm getting the work. I'm going to figure out how to get it done. I don't know how the hell I'm going to pave this parking lot or whatever, but I'm going to figure it out. And as a result, he's left a legacy, right? Correct. And incredibly admirable that he's done that. Um, I had a good friend of mine, Scott Spears from Altera. Stop by to have a conversation. We were talking about our families and we're like, we got of a uh, future friends of the program, by the way, just plug that bingo. Uh, or no, we'll, we'll get back there. Um, <laughs> but we had, we got like in this in Scott and I, for whatever reason, we connect at a different level and we have like these really in depth conversations about our families and raising kids and stuff like that. And then we started talking about leaving a legacy and we both got tears in our eyes. I swear to God, and like how important it is to us at this point in our careers. What do you think about that? When you think about leaving a legacy, you've got your three boys involved in the, com- in the company. Um, what does that look like for you? 
So we, so my wife and I talk about this probably every weekend. Really? You know? Yeah. So when I look at this, she goes, I, I look at this from like my, my, my go from my dad to me, me to my boys. Yep. So my, my dad, what he did and achieved, he basically hit his financial freedom, you know, probably in his sixties. Right. And where at the point when I say financial freedom, but the point where he didn't have to work anymore, you know, I could run it by then, you know, I can, yeah. he, he can hire somebody. Even though you had a history degree. Yeah. Even though I, <laughs> yeah. Even though I had a history degree, you know, so he, you know, so this is 20 years, probably 20 years ago. And, um, and he could have chosen to do that. You know, they didn't, you know, he's debt free. He has his own, he has other income, you know, doing, you know, rentals and stuff like this. And he didn't need this. And so, you know, and I was, my goal was to get to that point quicker than he did. And I think I'll hit that, you know? And so then when, you know, if the legacy part is like, you know, my dad gave me the foundation and gave my brother the foundation, you know? Yep. And he, he's five years younger than I am. So both of us are better off now at our, at our age than my parents were, you know, at our age. Right. Yep. And so my goal if from a legacy, I would like to see my boys to get to that point, you know, 10 years before I did, mm. you know, where, wherever that point is, I know I'll hit it sooner than my dad. And I know my, you know, my brother and I will, but we'd like to see it. It'd be cool to see them do it sooner, you know? And, you know, it's like, we, you know, we're not in, you know, we obviously in the business to make money to support and everything, but it's never been, you know, we were never grown. We were never raised to be, to, 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 try acquire wealth to yep. acquire riches and stuff like that. We didn't keeping up with the Joneses. We, didn't, we, we weren't that way. Yeah. You know, we just kind of lived by the, you know, whatever, you know, we just kind of lived on our own. We don't have the toys. We don't have the stuff like that. Right. And, you know, we, you know, my, you know, I just want my boys to have that opportunity and they do, they, they got it sooner because they're started sooner than I have full time, you know? And, and one of the reasons is, is none of them are getting history degrees. Are none of them are getting history degrees. <laughs> it's absolutely the truth. <laughs> With five kids. With five kids, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they, they, so my oldest son's married, you know, but he didn't have any kids yet. He just got married a year ago. And he, he, he did some online courses and stuff like that. But, and then the middle son does go to school, but he goes, um, he goes, so he's the one that does the modeling. He runs the Trimble Business Center, mm-hmm. you know, and the ag tech system and stuff like that in our company. That's any, and it's, cause it's, it's, he's, he's not a, he's not a people person per se, cause he doesn't want to talk to anybody. Sure. So he puts his headphones on and he does his work and he's, and he's good at it. And he also goes to school for animation and stuff like that. So he's, so it's, it's, he's still doing drawing per se, you know, and then, but the boy younger that we were talking about, he's, he's the more of the financial ambitious guy, you know, the aggressive, the, the he'll, he's more aggressive for towards like goal oriented, um, politics, money, you know, a little bit, almost a little bit too much sometimes, you know? Sure. So when you got a whiteboard in your room and it's got all your stocks and your crypto on the wall and you're keeping track of all different stuff, generation, and, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And he's 18 years old and he's yeah. maxing out his Roth IRA and he's doing this, you know, it's like, yeah, he's got these goals, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you're, 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 good. you're, yeah. Fine. you're fine. <laughs> Whether you work here or not, you'll, you'll be fine. Cause you're, you're aggressive, you know? Yeah. But I, but it would be nice to, have that legacy because you know my wife and i 
I mean, you like like our generation, I, I, yeah. or our age. I don't. I, it doesn't matter to me anymore if I if I make a lot more money or whatever like that. It's now. It's like we're at that. Okay, now we're watching our kids become adults and yep. become adulting. Yep. It's like I want them to be. To, you know, it's the, the, the old saying: just give them a better place than what we got. You know, watch them grow. You know, and my dad, and my dad, and my mom now. You know, they 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 see what we're doing. You know, they live next door to me. We have our little compound. We call nice. it. You know, like we had a five acre compound, and yeah. they have their house over here, and I have my house over here, and my brother lives down the street and stuff like that. And you know, they get the opportunity to watch. You know, watch us grow since we bought them out. Watch the grandkids get involved. You know, business wise, and and my dad. You know, my mom and my dad are, and you just watch them because it, it's. They've watched their little baby, you know, the company that mm-hmm. they, they nurtured and fed and yeah. so that, and then they watch their kids do this. And now they're watching their, their, the offspring, their, their grandkids, you know, they're yeah. just taking it and doing and the, the opportunities they see in front of them before, you know, before they, unfortunately, you know, their time passes, whatever, but they're, you know, they're, they're watching them do it. And it's, it's, and I'd like to be that, you know, as well, yep. you know, exactly. And I, you know, I don't know if it'll grow that much. I don't know. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. if it's sustainable enough, you know, but. You know, it sure seems like it could be. It could be, no question. But like on that note, though, that that's that's another question I would have. Um, like, what's the sweet spot? I mean, you're at would you say like 64 employees right now? We're at 54. We write 54 checks. 54. I mean, are you happy with that, or do you see yourself growing to 100 of them? And what what what's ideal? I mean, we were we were at six, eight employees in 2005, Hmm. 2000 nine and 10 at the crash, right? We actually doubled, we grew. Um, we were, we, we were one of those in that weird spot. We were doing the type of work, you know, school work, government work. And we were just busy. We weren't making any money, you know, but then we grew and then we went from, you know, went from six to eight to 12, 14. And and I never thought we would hit over 50, mm. you know, I thought not so way. We think our, th- our sweet spot's about 30. Yep. Right. And, um, but I think, I mean, if we, I, I, I'd say we, if we grew anymore, I don't know exactly how I would manage it. Yeah. How can we, because. Well, we, the whole, I think you said it, it's, it's how you would manage it. Yeah. The question is, is one of the kids or one of the families, is somebody going to break off and be able to manage a little more? Yeah. And then that's how you, that's how you can grow. I think, I think, I think my kids at least could see it getting bigger because they're watching it. They've watched it change from my dad's hand to our hands. And I mean, the like we say, the first person who did not have the last name nickel in the office was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So as long as we've been in business, the first person without the same last name, you know, crazy. So it's, it's, it's very slow process, but you know, we, I mean, we're at a good spot. I mean, we could use another, but if we had about five to six more, you know, a couple operators here, a couple of skilled laborers here yeah. and just general, you know, so like that we'd probably be at our humming, mm. you know, humming, humming paste, but. Does well, your dad still give you shit about all the stuff you're doing wrong? No, he just, <laughs> yeah. Right. He just shakes his head. Like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you do it. Because, I mean, he'll get, like, we one of the most expensive pieces of equipment we bought when we bought it this year, right? And what was it? It was a scraper. You know, it's like a 623 scraper. Yeah, for, yeah. And for us, for our company, if people know us, it's like, 
whoa, you bought something new and it was this, you know? So (laughs) my dad's like, holy shit, that thing is five times more expensive than my first house. (laughs) What in the hell are you doing? You know, know, it's like, oh, it's it's paid through with a signature, not not with a dollar Mm -hmm. in the bank, you know? Yeah. You mentioned earlier, um, nope, um, machine control, building models, that type thing. How has technology changed business for you? Uh, it's, it's actually, that's a good question. Cause it's in the last four years, it's really made my guy's life easier, especially in the grading side. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, um, I mean, we having we, that model right there. And, oh, yeah. dude, it was just, it was like, I mean, for instance, we've, uh, we had, we, we build, um, city parks for, we've done a ton of parks, the city Chandler, right. We've been doing them since like 2003. We had a, we do them either hard bid. We had a, we had a JOC or something like that over the years. We have a JOC again, remodeling stuff now, but you know, we've done a, some parks. So we, this, the last one, it got to the point where we took our, you know, our grade control stuff, right. Tim surveyed all these parks for me. And so, um, he would come in, he'd take Andrew, he'd set up the control for us. Right. And I, we'd have him stake the most critical points, right. Yep. You know, the critical sidewalks, the critical stuff, the playground area. Break points. Yeah. Just yep. the critical stuff. And then he would put on at the time he would do it, but now my son who does the modeling does it. We would run the three, we'd run the 3d and then we'd run the 2d, but we'd run the 2d with the sprinkler heads, the, mm. the shrubs, interesting, the trees, I mean, the, the light pole base, the, the dog poop sign, you know, we, it was all on because one of the, uh, one of the engineers for the city of Chandler does the parks, puts everything on there. Like, and he's a great dude. And uh, so we would, we would 2D that. And so my, so we would leave the G, one of the units there at the park locked up in the Connex and my landscape foreman or my, so had knew how to turn it on, set it up. We'd show him how to check it in. And then he would go out instead of spending all day with guys flagging with tapes and stuff like that. He's a, I mean, so, I mean, that's just a microcosm sure. of what, what it's changed, yeah. but it, I mean, we eliminated I mean, you two say guys. That's like a small thing, but yeah, that's it's a huge, yeah, that's, that's a substantial amount of time that would typically take. Sure. Is it, I mean, back in the day when we would put sprinkler system and you triangulate, right? You, you, you get, you pull three triangles, make sure you do this <laughs> because the sprinkler heads had to have certain head covered yeah. and all that stuff. But, but, you know, Gavin Bark, uh, John Barker, is it John? Oh, he's going, if he's listening, he's going to kill me. I know he's going to call him. But, um, Bob, he, let's call yeah. him Bob, but Bob he, Barker. he would, he would give us those CADs on those things. You know, normally they, when we would start asking, you know, in the beginning, people, why do you want the sprinkler? They would trust me. It's a big deal. And, and now it's like, it's like what would take us a week to lay out, you know, 400 sprinkler heads through a park that, you know, the sidewalks meander, so mm-hmm. nothing square. Right. So he, but he had it on design. So we would 2D that and, and we'd lay it out in a day. You know, we'd walk around and we, and we talk about a week's worth of manpower right. with three guys yep. mm-hmm. reduced down to two guys in one day. Yeah. You know, and that's just one example. And the other one's like, we're building a, we're building a project for a good friend, um, Boyd Communities out in, um, out by the ball fields over in Goodyear. And he builds the apartment slash hotels for the spring training facility. Oh yeah. 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 And so we, you know, we set up the 2d on that stuff. So, and the 3d, so my guys will, you know, my grading guy has a guy, the, the gentleman I was talking about that my son's friends with that wants oh, yeah. to get him into the grade checking yep. more with the GPS. So we now leave with him and he goes around and 
So when they're doing all the 3D cut with the with the blade and the scraper, stuff like that, then he'll go around and 2D making sure everything's right and stuff like that and location and stuff like that. And and we end up just it it makes it so we can pre-cut our grades before anybody shows up, get it all done, get it cleaned up. Which I mean, I'm talking about stuff that guys are like, why is he talking about it now? We've been doing this for 15 years. Well, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so we we would spend more yeah. time cleaning up grade after the fact, but now we, we, we save ourselves weeks, yeah. weeks in advance, you yeah. know? Well, it sounds like you, you, you waited till all the technology got nice and perfect and dialed in and, yeah. then, and then you pull it in and you're like, okay, now we're going to save yeah, some money. Yeah. But the thing that I find really interesting is your, your boys that are involved the, with the company, they're at that age where they're, you know, they're in just taking in all this technology and everything like virtual reality. I mean, that's going to play a huge role on construction sites in the not too distant future. Is that stuff that you guys even talk about? My kids do. Yeah. yeah. My, my, the two oldest do because you know, the VR stuff, yep. I mean, they, with the gaming, Yep, exactly. You know, they, they, they both are, yep. you know, into the gaming, you know, my old, the oldest one actually is really into it, but you know, it's coming, you know, it's coming, yep. you know, cause it, you got to embrace it. You have to, you know, you can't, and I'm not a tech guy very well. I mean, I was the first person that Trimble or Site Tech showed how to use the system. And it took me a long time to, you know, I, I, I learned through trial and error and I'm still not good at it. But my son who does it now did it, did it with Tim, right? Yep. And Tim spent a lot of time with him, probably more time than he wanted to. But, you know, and, 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 it's, and it was good, but it, um, it's, I don't know, it's, I don't know. We I, now is like guys are dependent on it. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it might be crossing over a little too dependent, but you know, yeah, I, I for like sure. a little yeah. bit of the old school yeah. of, uh, all right. If something doesn't sound right, pull the tape. hundred percent. Yeah. And that, get it's it. It's good to have that knowledge right. to be able to do that. Uh, site tech free plug. Don't get used to it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Kent? got anything oh, else you man. want to get out there? No, I'm good. I'm good. Great conversation. Yeah. Ryan, what do you think? Uh, what else you want to get out to to, to the listeners? Ask him the question. You got to ask him the question, even though it's not a traditional show. It is not a traditional show, but I can't ask the question. Ask away. Do you have a mantra that you live by? He's like, don't ask me that question. Do a mantra that I live by? It's not. I do. I have a little bit of mantra. I, you did say I can't guarantee you'll be happy, but I can guarantee if you stick with it, you can raise yeah. a family. Yeah, and that is a good. That's, that's, that's a good line good. right there. That was that was from the business side. I do have a, a personal one that I've told my kids, and I don't know if this goes too. I don't. I hope this is not too political, but nope. Uh, <laughs> I said the biggest minority in this country is the individual. So you have to, mm-hmm. you have to make sure, you know, you take care of yourself yep. before you take care you know, to, to worry about other things. Yeah. You know, oh, and, I like that. and then it's, and I use the example that everybody knows, but probably doesn't pay attention is when you're on an airplane and going through the safety rules, they tell you first put on your mask yeah, and then help the person next to you. Yep. Or usually it's your small child. Yeah. But but still, it's, still it's the same concept. Yeah. You know, it's like, Yep. So it's like, and I use that as not as a political thing, but it's like, you know, as, as, it's like you're an individual. So make sure you help yourself do, do what you can best for yourself. So then you can try to help other people, you know? Well, and then, and you know what, if you think about that, that's pretty deep actually. It, it is. And yeah. it, it kind of goes into the, uh, if, if you're not going to look out for yeah. yourself, no one else will. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 
percent. What do you got shot? Uh, I, I, I can, I, I can talk to this guy in this conversation, you know, construction and all that. I, I love, you know, yeah. I think it's all good stuff. Yep. Good stuff. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. Oh, it's great. It's great. We'll have to thank asshole Tim for introducing yeah. us to Ryan. <laughs> that asshole Tim. If he ever comes around here again, we can, uh, we can thank him. have his name now as permanently as Ailton. Tim. Oh yeah. Yeah. We love them. We yeah. do. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks again, Ryan. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks for having me. Great yeah. conversation. Uh, if anybody listening is interested in being a guest on a future show, shoot us an email at info at geoholics.com. We are renewing our friends of the program for 2024. We are. In the very near future. So shoot us an email if you're interested in that. Uh, one quick thing. Isn't there right. a uh, reality capture network thing going on? There is in October. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Stay right. tuned for more on that. There's yep. also an inner geo thing going on. There Stay tuned on yeah, that. The geoholics. Berlin. Might be, might be part of Berlin. We'll see. We don't know. Some more details. It's going to be a party. That's all I can say. Oh, no. October in Germany. Oh, God. Profesh mode. Personal Jesus. Reach out and touch you. God. Until next time, everybody. Be safe and healthy. Reach out and touch faith. Reach out and touch faith.